is so that we're growing to become more like Jesus Christ. And so that we're becoming more mature in Christ. That's the whole purpose of this. But we speak the truth. When I'm teaching up here, my prayer always is that I will speak the truth in love so that myself, as I study and prepare and present, but that as you participate and listen and minister to each other, the whole purpose of this is to become more like Jesus Christ, to become more uh, closer to him through his word. <clears throat> so how does speaking the truth in love impact the maturity in Christ? How does actually speaking the truth in love impact our maturity in Christ? How's your purpose? Sometimes it is difficult. Let me ask this. Has there ever been a time in your relationship with someone that something was going on that you wanted to tell them the truth, but were concerned of how they would respond? Anybody? Yes. Okay. Now, obviously, how they respond is their responsibility. How they respond is their responsibility. Okay? But it's our responsibility to speak the truth in love. And so when we do that, if they respond correctly, will that help them in their life? Yes or no? Yes. Okay? So if it's going to help them in their life, why would we want to hold back the truth? Because sometimes it's difficult. Because they might not respond correctly. Because they may not respond correctly. Or be able yeah. to. Or be able to, yeah. Shalom. So, truth, there's a saying that truth never fears a challenge. But we are human, so that saying kind of goes out the window. We fear how the other person is going to react or treat us less hardly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On the same line, my wife will often say, no good deed goes unpunished. In other words, you're trying to do the right thing, but it tends to backfire at times. Yeah, Shalana. A lot of times, their reaction is going to impact our life. Their reaction will impact our life. And we don't want our life negatively impacted. Would you agree with that? Yes. You know? So sometimes we just, we just, it's better to say nothing than to create a problem. Okay? And would you admit that that's sometimes how we respond? It's easier to say nothing. In my premarital counseling, when I've done premarital counseling, I give them a, uh, a questionnaire. It has multiple things on it, okay? And the, one of the first questions is this. To say nothing is better than starting an argument. And almost every single time, the response is, oh, no. But then I ask him the question, but do you do it anyway? You know the spiritual answer, right? The question, though, is even though you would go, oh, no, it's never right to say nothing. In other words, hey, what's wrong? Nothing. Because when they're, when they're, they can tell that something is wrong, right? You can tell that something's wrong. 
but they don't necessarily want to start an argument because they know where this has gone before. My admonition to all of us is this. If your goal, everyone focus, if your goal is to become a follower of Christ that's more like Jesus every day, be willing to hear the truth. Or at least their opinion. Because what we have to do is learn how to have that conversation that's beneficial. That, that will help us to grow. When people, I mean, I, I'm a people pleaser. I have to admit it. When I took those, you know, back in the day, they used to provide the DISC, dominant, interpersonal, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know. I, I, I scored almost at the very top a high D, dominant personality. And right next to it was interpersonal, meaning I'm a dominant individual who cares what people think. <laughs> That's rare. It's amazing that I, but I do, I care deeply about what people think. And so when you think about that, sometimes you're like, I want to know the truth. And when someone comes up to me, and it's happened multiple times in my life, someone comes up to me and says, said, you know, bothered me what you said. Or if Cheryl will confront me with something. It's like, my first mode of operation is, I gotta get this right. I am devastated until I make that right. I am so bothered by that. I, I wanna deal with it and get, get it clear. That's the focus of it. I mean, because why? Why would we want to just carry things on for days, weeks? You know, you know that gut feeling? You know that feeling when you know it's not, you're not right? There's a problem. I can't. I can't go on. I don't know how anyone can. People can be built up through our words of encouragement, though. When we say positive things, it encourages us. Someone read First Thessalonians five eleven for me. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So let me ask this question: When you're in family, when you're in a relationship with somebody. You're communicating with somebody. Is your thinking, how can I encourage that? How can I build them up? What is, what is your thought process? Am I considering their value? Am I encouraging them intentionally? In other words, when I, when I see something, it's so easy. Is it easier, and I'll make this statement, is it easier to criticize than encourage? Yes. Yeah. Let me ask you though. What do you prefer in your life? Encouragement or discouragement? You want encouragement. So that's why the golden rule is so practical, isn't it? Do unto others as you would have them. Right? So if we want blessing, we give blessing. Okay? Yeah. Our words have meaning. Did everybody get the lesson sheet, by the way? We have plenty of them. Anybody need a lesson sheet? Well, would you mind grabbing some and, and, and passing those out? Anytime you change what you do, it changes everything. So people don't get their, their, their lesson. So keep your hand up. If you didn't get a lesson sheet, oh, wow, many of you. Lord have mercy. Give them out, brother. Hallelujah. <laughs> Roger's going to help you there. He'll take half of them and take the other side. 
That way we can, can be productive in this. And as you know, the reason I give this to you is so hopefully throughout the week you can be reminded of these truths. <coughs> All right. Thank you guys for passing those out. I'm not one. <laughs> Roger, Anybody else need one? Anthony Plus in the back needs one. Anybody else? All right, praise the Lord. Our words have meaning that can have short range and long range consequences. Give me some examples of short range consequences. Some examples of short-range consequences of the meaning of our words. Yeah. When you have a conversation disagreement, they don't talk to you for months afterwards. Yeah, you have a conversation that haunts you for months. Okay? Somebody else? Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and the short-range response to that is you get angry? Has anybody ever had a short-range conversation with someone that they were an encouragement to you and you felt immediately valued? You, have you ever felt valued? Okay. These are, these are huge things, short-range. What could be some long-range goals of the meaning of our words? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. James, go ahead. Words have a lot of power, and they can impact it for a long time to One, Very early in my uh, undergraduate education, one of my professors made one statement to me or asked me one question that made me think about my whole educational experience and degree choice completely differently and changed my path. Wow. One statement. One, one, one lecture. No, one question. One question. Just to me. Yeah, to you. conversation, just one question. Change the trajectory of your entire education and future. Awesome. Dish. And like Donna, I had a professor back at the Liberty Baptist College one time. You need to learn to accept criticism. Yeah. That's all Yeah, learning how to accept criticism without putting up a wall of negativism. Yeah, excellent. What are some other long range goals? Do you know anybody that doesn't talk to somebody because of what somebody said? That's a long-term problem, okay? It, it, and it's so universal, they put it in Home Alone, right? <laughs> These are things that you see in movies that are real, real in, in everyday life, including the church, unfortunately. Well, they said that to me, so I don't speak to them anymore. Or it could be the positive side of it, and it really gave you value and perspective that, you know, it's like I had a student once, who came to me probably 20 years after I taught him. It was, I'll never forget it because of the value it meant to me. He said, I just, I, I, you know, you don't know this, but when I was your student, I was sitting in the back row and I walked into class that day and I said, I am either gonna be a follower of Christ or I'm gonna walk away from Jesus forever. 
He says, that was my perspective coming into class. And he said, what you taught that day, I bowed my head and I rededicated my life to Christ. It was so impactful. And I've walked for Christ ever since because of that day in class. Well, does that kind of encourage you? Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, these are things, it's like, is what you do matter? Does what you do matter? Yes. Tish. Don't you feel like that's really, the Lord, we're the body of Christ, the Lord walk, works through all parts. That was the power, I've been reading in, in Psalms, it's the power of God's word. So whatever you talk that day, whatever you say to people, it's his power because he knows what that heart needs to hear. Yeah. I feel like that had an impact because that was the Holy Spirit speaking through you to that kid. Absolutely. It's the Holy Spirit that's actually doing everything. We're just vessels, folks. But we can use that vessel for positive or negative. <clears throat> How do you respond internally and externally when someone says something positive to you? How do you, how do you respond internally? Maybe feel grateful. You feel grateful? Humbled. Humbled? Encouraged, yes. What about externally? Thank you. You're, you're, you're thankful, but how do you show it externally? Your expressions, the way you say things, you, you communicate appreciation. Anybody smile? It, it, you need, okay, everybody smile. It'll improve your face value. Okay? But when someone says something negative, how do you internally feel? Angry? Not too good? Defeated. Defeated? Yeah. When you share something positive, you can gain your confidence. When something you say negative, it can destroy your confidence. Yeah, can, it can destroy your confidence. But what if you heard something negative in love? Because they actually care about you. Yeah, sometimes you have to put a mirror in front of your face. It's like, is that me? Yeah. You learn to accept criticism. Yeah, you learn to accept criticism. Because see, if, if, I, if I just said, hey, say things positive, don't say things negative, then we could walk out of here today going, I'm not going to say anything negative to my spouse because that will be discouraging to them. When that may be exactly what they need to hear. But you've got to know it's timing, etc., everything, right? There's certain times when you don't do it, and there's certain times when you should do it. And these are, these are things that are important. Our positive and negative words will often be remembered. <clears throat> what did someone say to you that encouraged you? What did someone said to you that encouraged you? I appreciate you. I appreciate you. What else? Yeah. Um, yesterday, my oldest son was involved in an accident, and it totaled his car. Single driver, and um, anyway, it, thank God that he, he, he hit a tree which was better than the alternative because it was on one of those crazy places out in Rossburg where he could have rolled down the ravine and all this. Yep. So anyway, the state policeman that showed up was the nicest guy I've ever dealt with in, in a public affair like that. And he said, look, you guys are already having a bad day. I'm gonna try to make this a lot better for you. And he walked us through the whole process, professionals could be, but also just nice. And it, it really did take something that could have been a you know, really ugly, it was an ugly situation, but it could have totally discouraged us and 
he had us walk out of there smiling and shaking hands with him before it was over with. Ah, thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, Barbara. If somebody says, I think you've lost weight. <laughs> 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 the power of words, right? That can encourage. I'm not going to ask for examples of this, but what have you heard someone say that was discouraging? about that. Our words really do have such meaning and impact. What we say really does matter. And so as we go through this, today I want you to be thinking about this. Holy Spirit, teach me how to communicate in a way that encourages, but I can also speak the truth in love. But also, from last week's lesson, that we also hear it. That we begin hearing the truth. What are some key biblical principles about communication? What is in us comes out in what we say. So in other words, what, what, what's in our heart comes out. Luke 6.45 says, a good man or good woman brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And unfortunately, as we've talked about many times in here, hurting people tend to hurt others. When we're hurting ourselves, we tend to lash out on other people. But when we're, we feel valued and we're encouraged, and that's why the relationships in your house are so important. In other words, when they feel encouraged, they will tend to be encouraging. Does it always work that way? No. It doesn't work that way. Someone read for me Matthew 12, 34. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus is speaking here. He's talking to them, and it's just like, you brood of vipers. Well, that was a kind way of saying it. <laughs> Hello, they didn't like it. How can you who are evil say anything good? In other words, out of who we are as individuals, we will live our lives. And so is evangelism necessary to change our world? Think about it, folks. We have people deliberating right now about all the shootings taking place in the city of Lynchburg. We have people talking about, you know, how do we get this change to occur? How do we affect this? Let me tell you something. The gospel is what will affect people's hearts and lives more than anything else. They need to get the gospel, the truth. They need to see it displayed as well. How do we show love in our community? How do we respond to one another? How are we hoping them succeed or helping to bring them down as a city? Not as an individual, but as a city. Are we creating policies that, that force people into dependence, or do we liberate them by giving them education and value and support them and help them to become successful and actually a part of community that actually blesses? Saying the right thing at the right time is vital. Ecclesiastes 3.7, the second part says, there's a time to be silent and a time to speak. 
Timing is everything. We need wisdom to know when to be silent. Okay. There are times when Cheryl will be communicating to me. <laughs> and I will want to say something. But I can almost tell over these 36, almost 37 years of marriage, she doesn't want me to say anything. <laughs> I still tend to at times, and then later go, oh, that was really stupid. <laughs> Learning when to say something is important. And there are times when we need to speak. There are times when we need to say something. And not to be silent, not to wimp out and be quiet. There are times when we need to speak the truth in love. <clears throat> it is wrong to curse people who have been made in God's image. Our focus should be on praising and building them up. Now think of the words we say about people. And I know we have to all be careful of this. Again, it's so easy to criticize people. You get on the phone, you get on your app, you're talking in a group, and you're saying something about somebody who's done something wrong or deserves maybe negative criticism. How does that help? How does that help that situation? In most cases, it doesn't at all. We're just venting. Yes, Crystal. When you're talking about also evil, when people speak evil to you, I've been trying like my best to never pray people or others. So I just try to like deflect it and just try to ignore it because there's something going on in their life and they're just struggling. So yeah. you can't take it as truth. Yeah, there are times when people are negative that you can't accept it as truth because they're just angry. Okay? And so when they do this, they are cursing people. That's not biblical. That's not godly. See, who are God's image bearers? We are. Who's we? All of us. Out of the mouth of babes. Right? All of us. And that's not my robot thing. All of us. Okay? This is everybody. Humans. Lost and saved are made in the image of God. Would you agree with that biblical truth? Yes. <laughs> you go, no, but you got to deal with the Bible on that one. Right? So we're all God's image bearers. Let me ask this question. Is the president and vice president image bearers of God? Yes. Just a thought. <laughs> Is our governor creating the image of God? Yes. Just a thought. That doesn't mean we don't speak the truth in love. We don't whip out and go, oh, I don't want to, I'm, I'm, I'm just staying out of that. Doesn't mean you don't get involved in politics, amen? amen? You should. You should vote and do everything you can for righteousness sake. But what do we say about those authority of us? What words do we use to describe image bearers of God?
Some of you describe it because we use it as an analogy all the time in here. It's not intended to that, it just happens because it's easy. Some of you describe your verbiage to those who are driving on the road. You describe them as unique individuals created in the image of God. <laughs> what a yeah, unique individual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. James 3, 9 and 10. With the tongue, we praise our Lord. We sing worship songs. We Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. I don't know about you, but this is convicting. It's convicting to me. Okay? What we say can bring healing to someone. How can our, our words bring emotional, physical healing? Someone read Proverbs 12 to 18 for me. So how can we bring healing to somebody? Well, according to that passage, how do we bring healing to them? Yes. Um, you know what I find? The, the one demographic that I'm most attracted to are the elderly. And almost every day when I go out, my family knows this, but when I see a little old lady, they go, uh-oh, she's gone. I always say, I always approach her. I kind of check the situation, see if they're amenable to it. I've never had a negative response. I'll comment on a little old lady I saw and I said, your eyes are gorgeous. She had these great blue eyes. And usually they'll say, oh, you really made my day. And they might be ailing because they're frail. They might not have anybody else to talk to. And I just always make it a point to every day if I see yeah. a old person. Because it encourages them. You made my day. Made my day. Think about that. A word of encouragement can make someone's day. But the words of the reckless pierce like a sword. It hurts. Lying to someone and flattering others can have negative consequences. Proverbs 26, 20 says, a lying tongue hates those it hurts. And a flattering mouth works ruin. I think through that. How can a lying tongue hurt and a flattery mouth work ruin? I remember Dr. Fall, and I've said this in here before, Dr. Fall Sr., he used to say, don't, don't believe everything that someone negative says about you. It's not true. But don't also believe everything positive they say about you. They're lying there too. <laughs> you know, there are people that will say something positive to you because they want something. Okay. So, give examples. How can a lying tongue hate those it hurts? How does it show hate? Anyone? Yeah. Spies lie all the time. Pardon? Spies lie all the time. Spies lie all the time. So, what's your point? The point is that they 
Excellent. They might say something nice, or they might just not be telling the truth about something. Good boy, that's the truth. Excellent. Somebody else? speech, 
A person's wisdom yields patience. We don't react to things. Why is it that when a person verbally reacts immediately, lacks true wisdom? Have you ever reacted immediately and then later regretted it? Yes. Yeah. So it's not wise. Why is it not wise to react immediately? You might not have all the information. You may not have all the information. Good. What else? Yeah, Don. Sometimes it takes a while to process what that person said. Sometimes it takes time to process what they're saying. We, we may even not even be able to understand or grasp it ourselves. Somebody else? You eat your word. Yeah. We eat our words. In other words, we say things that we go like, mm -hmm. let me pull that one back. But can we? Can we t take back what we've said? No. Once it's out there, it's out there. Sharing the gospel with someone can reveal the mighty power of God. Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. It reveals the power of God. The truth of speaking the gospel. I'm praying about this. I haven't made a final decision on this. Um, next spring, next January, the pastor is going to be doing a series on doctrine. <clears throat> and I believe I'm listening, and I believe I'm being led by the Lord to do a series on the book of Romans. Um, so um, I haven't made that final decision, but because it's 16 chapters, so I, I, I don't want to bore you with 16 weeks or 20 weeks or whatever of a passage or a series. But I'm praying through that one. Pray with me about that. But Romans 1:16 says, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel." How many of you have been saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ and are going to heaven one day? Say amen. amen. Is that a big deal? What happens to those who don't accept Jesus Christ as their Savior? They'll die in their sins, spend eternity in hell. Is that a big deal? Yes. The gospel is transformative. So, what are some practical applications for this lesson? Think about your recent communication with family. Did it glorify the Lord? Did it build them up or tear them down? 1 Corinthians 10 31 says, oh, whether therefore you eat or drink or say or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Is what I'm saying to his glory or mine? God must be wanting you to focus on that a little longer. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're not going to get me to skip that one. Is our communication with our brothers and sisters, so we have family, our brothers and sisters in Christ, edifying to them and others? Ephesians 4.21, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful. See, 
What does the word only mean? <laughs> only. Nothing else. Nothing else. That nothing else come out of our mouth is not helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. In other words, that doesn't, again, we may have something that we have to say that's speaking the truth and love that they don't want to hear. But what's helpful to building others up? Sometimes we need to say things to build them up according to what they need. So in other words, our purpose isn't to tear them down, but we want to create an atmosphere where we actually build them up even when they don't want to hear it. Okay? And again, how they respond is their responsibility, not yours. If you're doing it in love. And finally, does our communication oh, <laughs> with the lost open or close doors to sharing the gospel? You're at your work, and you're making comments about something. You don't know what they're thinking. Does what we say hinder the opportunity to share the gospel of death? Because they'll remember it. Consider John 4 and the woman at the well. He comes up and this woman is there. And he asks her for a drink. He immediately, she immediately recognizes, you're a Jew. You don't talk to me. I'm a woman. You don't talk to me. What is up with this? And he has a conversation with her, right? And he tells her things that she recognizes immediately that he's a prophet. Interestingly enough, the disciples come back and they're in this kind of thing. It's like, what are you talking to the woman for? <laughs> they recognized it too. Jesus broke down those kind of barriers. Because there was one thing he was focused on. I don't care what color skin you have. I don't care about your, your religious past. Your, whether people love you or don't love you in our culture today. The thing I care about is that you hear the gospel. And he talks to her about living water. And she's thinking, great, I would love to not have to come up here and get water every day. That would be amazing. You're missing the point. If you accept me, you will never thirst again. It's not physical water, but the deep spiritual water we all need. And so often, if we're not careful, our focus is on satisfying our needs with things that will never satisfy our needs. Because we thirst again. But if we focus on him, it changes everything. What I say matters. What you say matters. Short range and long range. So, it doesn't matter. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we worship you. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will keep teaching me this lesson, Lord. That you would teach all of us the value and the importance 
and the impact of what we say. May we bless and not curse. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Have a great week.